This is Your Week in Gaming, episode 16, recorded for the 4th of August, 2023, to bring you all the latest news from the world of gaming. On today's episode of the podcast, we talk about fan emulator users, Riot Project L, a new Nintendo console, and the One Ring to move them all. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 16 of Your Week in Gaming. The numbers continue, as always, to drag along. And uh, I'm with my co-host here, Samantha. Hey. Who has just quite literally finished uh, uh, some esports casting, quadruple overtime and everything. It was uh, it was a it was a slobber knocker, quite a quite a <laughs> banger. Um, on it, like I finished it at, at, like just after four, and then but we started at nine a.m. So I just I crawled into bed and I just lay there for an hour and I chilled because I felt like a real big person working from nine until four. And then I came here for this podcast because <laughs> I love the podcast. And there's the extra hour that makes up an eight hour day. Um, been a day, folks. It's definitely been a day. But uh, this week is actually quite loaded with a lot of news. Uh, very interesting news nobody cares about. Or I think a lot of people will. Some people are going to be like, What? But uh, it's 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 a good it's a good week for for gaming. There's been a lot that's come out over the last week or two. Um, so yeah, I think let's just get into it. Gaming news now: and Xbox has started banning players for using emulators on console. Gaming Bible reports that users are reporting being faced with lengthy suspensions as a result of using retail mode emulators. With the Xbox Series X and S launch, it has been easy for players to emulate retro games, even those originating from Nintendo and PlayStation consoles. There's been a workaround uh, through the around the, uh, the the store for these emulators, which was discovered, which is how Microsoft has now actually come about this and have started to ban players. I think this is a little bit linked to you know what we've been reporting in the past, where you know retro games. Are, are dying it's very difficult to come to you know come across these and now the you know people have been using these emulators to go and play these retro games i think people have have kind of forgotten how big of an impact these retro games have on people and how people are still craving to go back and play you know the good old the good old days shall we say you know make me sound really freaking old boomer <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I actually think this makes a ton of sense. Like, I think a lot of people hmm. out of context will look at this and go, that sucks. Why would you do that? But we reported on this last week, I think, maybe mm -hmm. the week before. But Xbox is literally in partnership with, I think it was Ant Arcade. They are mm -hmm. bringing retro games back from a variety of consoles that mm -hmm. you'll be able to play on the Xbox. So, of course they're gonna ban the emulators to promote the real good legitimate way of playing those games yeah. and sure not every game is going to be available and i know that a lot of people are going to be upset about that but it's one of those things of like i'm sure that if you make it known mm -hmm. xbox will at least try they'll look into it like maybe they can get this game that you really like that they don't have on their repertoire maybe they don't maybe they can't you know it is what it is but yeah. in terms of the fact that they are bringing out an official way of doing it yeah, of course they're going to ban emulators. Yeah, and I mean, it was dirt cheap as well. I think it was, what, like $60 or $70 for a lifetime yes. subscription to it. And they're going to constantly add games. I mean, what was it? There was like 1,400 titles or whatever that, that's already on there, two PlayStation ones. I understand that people are probably wanting to play other PlayStation titles that maybe it isn't covered there. But I mean, these people are not, they've obviously got a plan of what games they're going to be bringing to the uh, the emulators, right, through the this cloud uh, uh, gaming service so 
I just think that, you know, if there's games that you want, make it known. Just tell the guys, drop them an email. You know, a lot of these guys, these companies will listen to 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 feedback saying, listen, we really want to have this game. You know, we would really like to play this again. And it's, if it's within their capabilities, great. If not, it really sucks. But uh, I mean, a lot of people would have picked up. I'm I'm not a big fan of, pri- uh, of, of, of piracy in any sense, right? I think that if you have the money and everything, you should definitely pay for the product irrespective so it kind of it, it makes sense to me entirely um i'm all for it i think that uh, you should pay for the things and you know what good on microsoft you know for for banning people or just putting like lengthy delays on them being able to do things because of it you know it's it's that whole fafo you know pretty simple i'm actually looking at like so remember that there are 1300 games 1300 Current, actually because they say over 13, it is 1,470 games. And you can go onto their website, antstream.com forward slash games, okay? And you can filter by console. So there's Amiga, Amstrad, Arcade, that's before our time, Atari, that's where we start coming in, C64, DOS, Game Boy, um, Genesis, right? NES, PS1, and so it goes. And sure, like some of the stuff is really limited. PS1, they've got like two games, right? Which will increase with time. So there will be more options. But like, there are so many games available. Yeah. Give them a chance. Give them some time. You don't have to rely on your emulators. Yeah. And, and, and this way, you know, there's just more games that you're going to be able to add to your library of games that you're not going to play. Yep. I think everybody, everybody, I kind of feel like Pokemon trainers, but games just hoard all the games, you know, got to get them all. <laughs> and then they just sit in a storage, just being forgotten about. <laughs> Standard. Standard gamer attitude. Oh, yeah. All right, moving along. Riot Games. So around the time that Valorant was first announced as Project A, this was some time ago, cross your minds back, they also announced a Project L, which, if you guys can remember, was a fighting game. And obviously, this will be based in the League of Legends universe. So it'll have all the League of Legends characters, etc., etc. And very recently on Twitter... They posted one of the first updates that we've had about Project L in ages. Uh, In fact, I'd forgotten Project L existed until (laughs) this little update came out. And it was a fairly small update, but it was also pretty big. They've now done something somewhat revolutionary in that they are making the possibility. I say the possibility because it's not forced, but there will be a 2v2 mode. Now, I know a lot of people will be thinking like, oh, but like all the anime games that you can play with two characters in the anime games, but you play as a single person and you swap between characters. This is literally two people playing against two other people. You each get a a character, whatever they're going to call characters, if it's going to be champs or whatever, the the, fighters, whatever it's going to be, you each get one and then you tag team. So you set up combos, or uh, if you're in trouble, then your your teammate can can tag in and potentially save you from whatever's happening, right? Like it's literal, it's team-based. And the thing is, they've also said that it can be 2v2, it can be 1v1, and it can also be 2v1, where uh, as one person, you will play as two characters, much like the, the anime games. So this is really exciting. This is something that most, I don't think any fighting game has done. I I did a little bit of looking into it to see if um, the the first one that came to mind was Naruto. So I was checking, oh, well, have they done it before? And I don't think that it's been done. 
So this is really, really cool. Um, and I know that they're going to have a demo available at some or another expo, which doesn't really mean much for us because we're on the other side of the planet, but there will likely be videos and stuff. So like, go check it out. Uh, and again, they're using all of the champs from League of Legends. So it's colorful, it's vibrant. It's kind of like an anime game. Uh, but of course, they're adding that, that cool new spin on it. So I'm, I'm pretty excited see what this is going to look like i think that fighting games are one of those games where everybody can relate to right if, you know new and old i remember playing tekken or tekken 2 on the playstation 2 right eddie cordo where people just thought oh you're just a button bash or whatever the case is um i think you know when it comes to fighting games like this the only other ones that i can think of where there was you know you have two people uh, you know, you control two people. I think Blaz Blue was one of them back in the day. Um, Tekken Tag is qu quite an obvious one. I think Soul Calibur at some stage actually had a game mode as well where you could have two people, you know, but you you know you control, but you only control one at a time. So having a two versus two, it, it sounds like World of Warcraft arenas, but with, yeah. you know, League of Legends fighting games, which sounds really, really cool. So... I, I hope I hope it is very original. I do speak under correction. I'm I mean I do play a bit of fighting games. I'm not by any means you know somebody that's really clued up with them. But if it is something new, this is really really cool. Um, and good on Riot. I, I like the fact that when when I mean when they were brought out, when Riot Games came out, they were like, yeah, it's Riot Games, but they had League of Legends. It's like should it not be Riot Game? But <laughs> <laughs> wow, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Riot game, right? But you know, with the, all these other games that have come out and things and it's the the universe they it's 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 very gripping and I think this is, you know, a, a big opportunity for them as well to break into the uh, the the fighting game scene, which is a mm -hmm. really big and really passionate uh, community. And if you're able to get there and make a game that the fighting game community really really enjoys, they're going to be loyal to you. I mean, people are still playing Super Smash Bros and uh, like Tekken's Mortal Kombat, Street Fighters, whatever, you know, whatever rendition of it, right? Mm -hmm. So I think if you make a good game, they're going to be very, very loyal to you and they're going to stick around with you for a long time, which means that, you know, Riot's going to make money, they're going to be able to do greater things and it's just going to be a real win-win for everyone. And there's a, a an expo... I don't know if it's so again, I'm I'm not as involved in the fighting game scene, so I don't know if expo is the right word, but they have Evo where they showcase a oh, lot yeah. of like fighting games and they're gonna be showcasing like Mortal Kombat. Um, there's like Marvel versus Capcom, Guilty Gear, Street Fighter, like all of those things uh, that's gonna be involved. And on the floor at Evo, you'll be able to test out and Evo is starting today, the 4th of August, and will be running throughout the weekend. Um, and for those that are in attendance, obviously none of us, but the <laughs> players that will be uh, demoable, uh, you've got Darius, Echo, and Ari, um, which if you've Ooh. watched Arcane, you're familiar with Echo. Uh, Ari, I feel like everyone knows Ari just because she's like a waifu. Um, mm -hmm. And you might be less familiar with Darius. But obviously, these are all three league champs uh, that yeah. you can go and test on the floor. But they will probably be videos, people that have like posted stuff of their they play and how it looks and whatever. So I'm I'm quite looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, so good on Riot. And that's Project L. Yes, currently. The name will change. <laughs> okay. I, I hope so. Otherwise, it is. I mean, yeah. Valorant didn't stay Project A because that would have been silly. Does that mean they have projects from A right through to L and we just well, don't know about it? I think that their MMO was Project M. I can't remember. 
But I had asked that same question. Like, do they just have a billion projects that each have a, a letter onto it? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. It would justify Riot Games then. There would be a lot of games that they have. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that for sure. A report was published that claims that development kits for Nintendo's next console have been sent to key partner studios ahead of its launch in 2024, which is a report that comes out of the Video Games Chronicles um, and the sources that they have. They suggest that the uh, the next-gen console would share similarities with the Switch with portable features. Additionally, the console will use an LCD screen rather than OLED in order to cut costs in development to allow for storage for more demanding titles. Um, there will also be a cartridge store for this for physical games, which is really, really important. I mean, I like with my Switch getting the nice little little like SD cards. Those are amazing just to still have something, you know, a tangible instead of just having to be reliant on the internet the entire time. I just think that Nintendo continue to crush it. And me and, my f- and some friends were sitting on a Discord call, you know, the one night and we were like, you know what? Nintendo are really crushing it. And then we went and did some research on the most sold consoles in the world. Number one is the PlayStation 2, oh. right? Which was a lot of people back in the day were actually using that as a DVD player, which which makes sense. <laughs> it was fair. it was it was like 150 million uh, PlayStation Twos that were sold. The next four consoles were all Nintendo consoles, like in the top ten, like six of them were like from Nintendo, and it just gives you the sense that like every single time they have sold something, it has been an absolute hit. Can you mm-hmm. like if you think about it, has there been a bad Nintendo game? I don't think I've ever heard anybody moan about, oh, the Zelda game is pretty meh, or oh, Super Smash Bros. 29 or whatever it is is pretty meh, or Mario Kart, or anything that's come out on the Switch has been pretty bad. I mean, there's other big publishers, uh, well, Psyonics I will, I will use, you know, from the, uh, Rocket League. They threw their game onto there. Uh, Fall Guys is on there. All these other mainstream titles that were all on all these other consoles have found their way to, to Nintendo. And clearly there's a big faith. If you have a look at financials when when reading the report that we were looking at, it kind of makes sense that now is about time for Nintendo to bring out their next console. And I think it's just going to be, again, one of those. that It's going to just absolutely smash everything out the park. Yeah, I was actually just thinking, you know who who dropped off a cliff? Sega. They just, Do they it, even still make consoles anymore? The last one that they made, I think, was the Dreamcast. And that was like 20 years ago. I, I don't think that they've made a console. No. Don't it's believe sad. so. But I mean, Nintendo have got a very simple business model, right? And I think all other companies and everybody needs to follow this, all right? And I'm going to let you in on their con- on, on their concept, right? Which is mind-blowing, all right? If you make a good product and you make really good games, people will buy it. That's it's true. <laughs> it's a very simple principle that they follow. They make good things, people buy. Pretty straightforward, right? EA take a leaf out of their book <laughs> take notes make, <laughs> just take take the whole tree if you can make a good game or make a good product people will buy it simple no bitching no moaning it's just done easy looking forward to seeing what uh, nintendo's next step is going to be we're obviously a ways off from a, a new console from uh from PlayStation and I think mm-hmm. from Xbox as well. Cause if I'm not mistaken, the, the, the Xbox and the PlayStation came out very close together and that's Correct. usually like 10 year intervals. So we're still a ways off, 
So this is actually a good time for Nintendo. Not a lot of uh, new competition. Most people oh, yeah. that are going to own an, a PS5 own a PS5. Most. There will always be exceptions. But uh, yeah, this is a really good time to, to jump in with something new. So exciting. Oh, yeah. I do hope... The, the only one thing I do really hope for with the uh, this console that's going to be coming out is that I hope it's backwards compatible, right? So that oh, yeah. the Nintendo Switch uh, cartridges and games work on there. Because if so, you're not going to have people that are going to be a little bit begrudging at first, you know, to be like, oh, should we get it or whatever the case is. I hope they're like, don't worry, guys, it's backwards compatible. So your cartridges and your games, you'll be able to play on the uh, the the new Nintendo, whatever it's called, right? If so, fantastic. It'll be a great move by them. I don't foresee them not doing it. So, yeah. Well, on the topic of handheld consoles... Uh, Lenovo are throwing their hat into the ring as well. Uh, they're going to be launching what they call the Legion Go. And for those that know, the Lenovo Legion uh, mm. is an incredible brand, super good PC. And so they're coming up with the Legion Go as well, similar to like the Steam Deck or the Asus ROG Ally. Um, the Legion is going to feature an AMD Phoenix processor and an 8-inch display. That's big. That that is bigger than both the Steam Deck and the ROG Ally. So that's yeah. pretty exciting. Uh, nice, nice big screen to game on. Uh, it's gonna run Windows 11, which is quite cool. Um, what else is there? Designed for gaming, AI, graphics, right? So it's gonna have really good graphics. It's not gonna be like some backwater shenanigan. <laughs> it's gonna have. Uh, it will also be Windows-based gaming. Uh, mm -hmm. so, you know, which I think makes a lot of sense. Like if you're, yeah. they're, they're a PC company, so it's a bit like the, the steam deck as well, you know, mm. PC games mm. now you're going to have it on a handheld, but apparently it could surpass the Asus ROG in terms of software. So the Asus software experience has shortcomings like unresponsive overlays and like confusion with armory crate and the, my Asus app and stuff. Mm -hmm. And Microsoft is uh, apparently working with OEMs like Lenovo to have better support for the new device. So this is pretty cool. And apparently uh, Alienware and Razer are also expected to enter the handheld PC gaming market in the future. So there's been quite a big boom. Like we're almost moving away from PCs. And I think a lot of that is because there's this um, cross-play aspect to it. So you play on your PC, uh, oh, got a... I don't know, fly to China, got to hop on my, my plane and carry on playing my save if it's an yeah. offline game. I've already complained about always online games, so that probably not going to be part of it. But yeah, I, I like this. I think this is really cool. Um, I just hope, I hope that it brings down the price of graphics cards. It's 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 interesting, you know. Richard, you know, a good couple of episodes ago was talking about like AMD weren't always known to making you know, smaller chips and everything for, for devices. It was pretty much CPU, PC done and never like really focusing on something small. So this obviously shows that they're trying to get into um, a, a new market. They clearly have a good product. Ryzen and AMD have been really, really good for several years now. They continue to be like one of the better uh, bang for buck, shall we call it, uh, uh, manufacturers. And, you know, it, it's really good to see this. I think the other drive for it is if you have a look at what, you know, gaming in general, especially in um, Asian countries and things, mobile gaming is incredibly massive. India, they have massive mobile gaming tournaments, uh, you know, PUBG tournaments I've seen. Uh, they've had some big like Call of Duty, you know, mobile uh, events. Um, we've, I've got one or two acquaintances that I know that actually like help with those kind of big events and stuff. They, 
you know, it's, I think this is possibly another way to get into that market. It might be able to bridge the place of you don't really want to play console, whatever, but PC is also a little bit too expensive. How do you meet in the middle ground? And this is the kind of where that void is. And companies won't be trying to get onto that bandwagon or trying to get into that part of the market if there wasn't money to be had, you know, mm-hmm. because capitalism. Yep. And I mean, it, it, it's a great thing. If I had a Steam Deck, I'd also just, be, or Stream Deck or whatever whatever you want to call it, a Steam, Steam Deck. Sorry, Steam Deck, I, I, yes. A Steam Deck, like, I, I would definitely be using it as well. You know, play here, you know, okay, cool. Like, especially in South Africa, oh, man, load shedding. Don't worry, yep. it's fine. Just quickly jump, you know, play in the bed or whatever the case is, um, or Skyrim on the bathroom toilet, you know, <laughs> back here as we've always talked about, or at least Richard did. And it, it's, I think it, it's, it's another way into the market. It's a really cool concept. And I, I think that sometimes people uh, underestimate the power of handheld consoles, except for the PSP, because I think that was a, a pretty... Uh, <laughs> I had a PSP. It, it uh, grew legs. I'm not going to go into that story. But uh, <laughs> I, I enjoyed my PSP when I, when I still had it. Oh, the good old days. Um, things just find legs and off they go. Um, all right. Penguins promising playable. Now, look. We've spoken what about this. What could this, this in... be? <laughs> what what on earth could this be, right? That is, you know, as of recording, I believe the pre-download is actually gone live or it's actually gone yep. live. But if, yep. if, if you aren't aware, Baldur's Gate 3 is now out on PC, right? We've spoken about it. Sam has just said, why is there 174 hours of cutscene and everything like that? You know, she doesn't quite understand. It, it just seems very extra. Sure. But anyway, Baldur's Gate 3 is out, right? Go and play it if you're looking for a really cool game. It's multiplayer or single player. So if you have friends or make-believe friends or no friends at all, you can still play the game, right? There is multiple different races. There's multiple different classes. They've, you know, there was a big community update that they just published the other, you know, just the other day. Uh, well, I say that it was like two, three days ago, but hey, you know, here's the last thing about uh, like the illithids and things, which is really cool. And one of the uh, the final things is, is that if you are going to play it or you do have it, if you haven't downloaded it just yet, there are some steps that they've said, hey guys, look, just be be prepared. If you have been playing in the early access, they've said, listen, just delete your saves, load the game up, go and delete your saves first, right? Because they won't be crossing over, which they've said right from the get go. Um, delete the game entirely just to make sure that there's not any sort of issues or whatever and re-download. The download side is apparently about 180 gigs or something. It is a massive, 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 massive game. So, sorry, I've just gone to go and look at Steam because obviously it is live. It is <laughs> 125 gigs for, a, for the game. And that's for Act 1, 2, and 3, right? The complete game, it's done, it's ready. Like it's it's it looks like such a good game. A, a single playthrough they're estimating between seventy to eighty hours for a single playthrough on a game, which is nutty to think about as well. I mean, a lot of games that you play now, it doesn't feel like you've got that amount of 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 time. Plus, there's so much replayability in this because of the multiple different choices that you can make, uh, the decisions that you you know you you decide your party compositions, everything. So. It's a, it's a really cool game. I do think it's going to be one of those competitors for game of the year 
I don't think it's so niche as what people have have thought it to be. Um, so yeah, try and go and collect all 174 hours of cinematics. I will say, so I have, uh, I've already told some people this and I know that people are going to think I'm a heathen, but I have no intention of playing this game. Not because I think it's not a good game, but I think I'm just not the target market. And case in point, so a friend of mine posts a tweet in my Discord server, but someone tweets out, spent the past week or so doing final tests on some companion romance arcs. I believe this must be one of the devs. It can't just be some <laughs> yeah. random person. Yeah, it's one of the devs. I know which I know which tweet yeah, it will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, is it tweets anymore? Oh, we'll get to that. But X's. yeah. Uh, ah yeah. yes, me and all my exes. <laughs> God. Um anyway, so he says, uh suspect the past week or so doing final tests and some companion romance arcs. And damn, I'm still surprised at just how horny this game is. Bear's got nothing on what's still to come. Folks, as much as it's optional, it's not my kind of game. It's not for me. I'm I'm not the target market. I'm sorry. Also, I remember we spoke at one point about the fact that there's like a genital slider. Again, optional, but still not for me. So I'm sure the story is wonderful. Um, but no thanks. I'll I'll stick to like Diablo. <laughs> hey everybody, I promise I will try to get Sam to play this game so she can enjoy it. Listen, it'll if you're be a, buying it, sure. <laughs> it is. It will be a, a a slow, slow process, but she will play the game. I'm convinced of it. Maybe not right now. Maybe not in a couple of months' time. But she will play it, and when she does, she will see how great of a game and how great games are made by Larian. They really go all out. They listen to the community. It's going to be fun. So if you haven't got it yet, best go pick it up now. Um, if you haven't downloaded it yet, it is live. Go download. It's going into the weekend. They timed the launch perfectly. There's public holiday next week for us here in South Africa. I'm probably going to be taking the Thursday and Friday as a vacation. So I'm going to have like five straight days of playing Baldur's Gate 3, which I am so looking forward to. Now, before I jump into the news nobody cares about, I feel like because there was so much news, I'm going to do like a quick special mention shout out so there won't be discussion it's just going to be headlines and if you want to know more you can go and google it right so first and foremost blizzard is hiring a new diablo 4 season lead designer after the first season received so much backlash (laughs) yeah (laughs) and for those of you that are playing diablo you know if you know you know uh and the second one i think a lot of elder scrolls fans are going to be super happy with there is a remake of Elder Scrolls for Oblivion that is in development at Virtuous Games. So uh, we could be seeing that coming out sometime soon. I think that's quite exciting for those of us that enjoy remakes. Oh, yeah. The Blizzard thing doesn't really surprise me, but at the no. same time, look, as, as, as a person who's playing Season for the very first time, I'm having a, t- a ton of fun, right? Sure it's like 60, 61 already. I've, I've, I've really been enjoying it, but man, it just seems like it's not worth the money if you spent if you've purchased the pass because the platinum or the other uh, the tokens that you get i think they're trying to be cheeky and like oh you will have 666 tokens at the end you cannot buy anything on the market for it it's <laughs> an absolute yeah it's yeah interesting choice but nevertheless as a non-biased biased source it's it's great yeah, it's great. I will say, uh, just as a last comment on this, and then I'll jump into the news nobody cares about. Um, 
So apparently June, Diablo 4 was June's biggest seller. And even though it's only been for sale for two months, it is the third best-selling game this year. So that's pretty damn exciting. Uh, Either people are very happy or there's a lot of like begrudging purchases, you know, <laughs> that are sitting at home. And Why did I spend 90 euros on a game? <laughs> and apparently the, the two games that are beating it out are in second place, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, but the numbers do not include digital sales, so that could be way higher. And in first place, Hogwarts Legacy. All right, so in your news, <laughs> in your news that nobody cares about. So last week, we spoke about an iPhone, an OG iPhone that went for stupid amounts of money. And to create a little bit of a warmer for this one, in... March, I believe it was, a Black Lotus Magic the Gathering card sold on auction for $350,000, the most money ever spent on a Magic the Gathering card at the time. For those of you who <laughs> don't know, <laughs> just a few months ago, bro, it's insane. So for those of you that don't know, uh, I suppose this is like a part and parcel combined news thing. Magic the Gathering partnered with Lord of the Rings and they've released a Lord of the Rings set for Magic. You can buy them at a stupidly priced price because Magic the Gathering cards are ridiculously mm -hmm. expensive. Uh, it's honestly more expensive than drugs. But and you can addictive. buy. Yes. And <laughs> so you can buy these Magic the Gathering cards. And um, it's really cool what they've done. So the uh, the rings, right? They were like rings for the humans, rings for the elves, rings for the dwarves, I want to say. And then there was the one ring, okay? And there's like, it was in batches of like three, seven, and something. I don't remember the exact numbers. I, I'm sorry. I'm not a diehard remember every fact fan, but I know some of them. Anyway, so for example, there were like three cards for, I think, oh, it was humans. I said humans. Anyway, I think yeah. there were three rings for the humans. And so they made 300 of those cards. And so there were X amount for the elves and they made X times 100 of the card. The one ring, they do have just like a, no, there's like three or four different versions with like different arts and like different, like one doesn't have a border and that makes it like 10 times more valuable or whatever. Mm -hmm, and there was mm -hmm. one very special release card. Um, the writing on it is in, I want to say Elven, but I could be wrong. It's one of the Lord of the Rings languages. Uh, there was only one card printed. And to be fair, it's beautiful. But you tell me. <laughs> A piece of cardboard worth $2.6 million, which is what that card went for on auction to Post Malone. I'm going to answer that question. And it comes down to a very simple principle, right? I'm going to sound like such an accountant and boring person. But there's a principle that exists in business. Willing buyer, willing seller. <laughs> there was clearly a willing buyer. Post Malone, $2.6 And this guy who had it was happy to sell it for $2.6 million. All I can say is, I I'm actually not even surprised. I nothing surprises me anymore. Look, God. the card is it it's, it's beautiful. It really and truly is. You know, we saw pictures. I saw pictures on 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 X, on Twitter, X, <laughs> with, all, with all the, uh, you know, the, the pictures. I saw a video with Post Malone shaking and, Post Malone just looks like such a giddy person when it comes to magic. 
and reading up, he is such a big nerd. He loves Magic the Gathering. He gets so giddy when it comes to it. It's, it's, it's like Henry Cavill and Warhammer 40K and even when it was World of Warcraft and things like that. They, uh, it's like Vin Diesel and Dungeons & Dragons, uh, Joe Manganiello with Dungeons & Dragons. A lot of people are just like nerds. And, you know, they're, when it comes to their game, they've got such a big passion for it. And if you have the money to go and do that kind of thing, why not? 2.6. Honestly, I'm I'm literally and truly not even surprised. It is it is insane to think that the the Black Lotus, one of the one of those cards that we also thought that was so rare. There's literally only a handful of them in in the world, selling for three hundred and what is it, fifty thousand yeah. dollars? It's 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 insane. I've only ever seen pictures online of of not even the actual card, but of like what the card is, like quote unquote, digitally or whatever the case is, not the, like somebody actually holding it. I have, I've, I've never seen. So it going for three hundred fifty thousand dollars is, is, is madness, right? But nothing surprises me. It's somebody's got a, such a passion for, for a game, for something that's, that's so unique. He's got the only copy in the world, right? Not even the guys at Wizards. I mean, they could try and reprint it or whatever the case is, but it's not going to hold the same value. This is the only one. It's like Imagine- those original Harry Potter books that were sent off to like libraries and stuff, and people were like tossing it out, and like there's like a landfill somewhere with first edition hardcovers of uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And now to try and get your hands on that, it'll cost you millions. So I suppose, mm. like, I would never pay that much. For one of, I mean, I might if I had the money for a Harry Potter book specifically. But sure <laughs> as hell, if I was the person that drew that card, I would have sold it. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't have any issue. Well, I don't have an issue, but like nothing on the seller makes sense. Do your thing, slay, live your best life. But two point six million dollars, <laughs> man, that's nuts. It's, it's, it's nuts. But you know what? Post Malone, if somehow you ever hear this, good on you, man. That is, um, I'm actually a little bit jealous, but you know what? I will just go and have a look at the picture and everything, and I'll live vicariously through you. That, it's, it's such an awesome thing. It's a lot of money. And for something so unique, literally the only card like that in the world, that's that's something. And I think the, the it was also like um, there's those companies that like rates, you know, and see what the quality and everything of it. And it's like almost pristine and everything as well. So, you know what? Good on you. Good on you. You make nerds around the world incredibly happy. Uh, you make a lot of nerds be like, wow, it, how much did it sell for? And you make people like Sam be like, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it, that's that's a lot of money. Well, that about rounds up our news in gaming this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 16 of your week in gaming. And shout out to our friends over at Esports Central for partnering with us on this podcast. You can find us on X at YWIG Podcast and by email at your weekend gaming podcast at gmail.com. I'm Andrew and you can also find me on X at my name is Pengu. <laughs> I can see Sam is like, she just, she doesn't understand. about Andrew, but you will not find me on my X. Uh, you will find me on Twitter. <laughs> I don't make Xs, I make tweets, all right? And I, I, I don't think I'll ever make that change. Anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Nari Mizuki. So, yes. Definitely not on her ex. (laughs) Our next episode will be out on Friday, the 11th of August, 2023. At 7am GMT plus 2 and across all major podcasts. We'll see you next week, everyone. Bye. 
Bye. <laughs>